Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Rich Polly, and joining me as usual is Ben Hibbert. Hello. Uh, or as we're also going to call you, Mr. Evans. Um, Captain, uh, Captain Handsome to you, sir. Captain Average, maybe. Captain Handsome. <laughs> My mummy said so. <laughs> We've also joined by uh, Tim King. Hello there. Hiya, Tim. Um, or Mr. Slightly Above Average. Yeah, um, I, well, no, actually, I was the average because we, we, we all went 4-2 bar one person. So Tim, Tim could beat Mr. Didn't quite get that damage deck he really wanted. And it, whose fault was that? <laughs> Yours, you should have won more. No, you should have won your last game, then you would have finished 4-2, <laughs> and I would have beaten Louis to be fourth in faction. You can, yeah, tell, you, you can tell you two were roomies over the weekend because you are behaving like a married couple now. So it's, <laughs> it's Louis gave me a big metal coin, so he, he deserved the win. <laughs> mm. He basically oh. bribed. He bribed me. <laughs> coercion, coercion. Um, and also joining us today, sitting patiently, quietly waiting, waiting for his introduction, is Martin Chivers. Welcome to the cast, Martin. Hello there. Hey, General Kenobi. <laughs> um, why not? Um, so um, we're going to kind of get straight into it. There's there's a few other bits and bobs to talk about, but last weekend gone was. The UK Games Expo, um, and at the UK Games Expo, there was an X-wing tournament which had seventy-five players. Seventy-five players, yes, yes yep. seventy-five players um, who signed up for it. Um, bit of a shark tank, not gonna lie. Um, there were an awful lot of players who you kind of looked at in the. Uh, so it was a, it was six rounds of Swiss. Um, you needed to get five uh, wins to get to day two, uh, which meant that out of 75 players, it was a cut to eight. Um, and we'll go through the, the the people who were in the top eight cut um, a little bit in, in a little bit. But it was a real shark tank, like looking at the people who missed out, like the people who would have been in cut if it was top 16. Um, and you're kind of going, yeah, any single one of them had a chance of winning the thing as well. So, yeah, it was uh, a real tough event. But um, Martin has joined us because he won it. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, genuine British enthusiasm going on on the cast there from Ben and Tim. Yeah, just yeah. Well, no, I'll give give Martin his his uh moment, you know. I can do I'll, I'll 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 put some appropriate uh, applause in. <laughs> edit in edit in some Oscar background clapping that kind of thing a little bit golf clapping from the open maybe something um, <laughs> so um yeah so congratulations uh, so you went five and one on day one and then obviously um four games on day two uh, won all of them uh so yeah I mean do you want to just quickly because you know People are going to want to know what you flew because, you know, you were the winner in the end. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in, in what you flew, uh, what your favorite game was and what your hardest game was. Um, so if you if you want to t- uh, quickly talk us through your list um, and then we'll go from there. So I do a TIE Swarm, um, classic old old style TIE Swarms. There is How Runner with Backshot and Swarm Tactics. Yeah, Mauler Mithil with a crack shot and a jamming beam. Um, Scourge with a crack shot. Gideon Hask with crack shot, disciplined and precision iron engines. Eden with crack shot, disciplined and precision iron engines. 
um, the ISB Jingoist with Contraband Cybernetics and Wampa with Disciplined. Seven ships altogether. So Spot seven running seven ties. with a lot of crack shots. <laughs> seven <laughs> ties, five crack shots. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a good it's a good upgrade on the two dice gun. Um, it re- I mean, it really is. But I say the two dice gun because there's there's a few three dice guns sneakily in there as well, isn't there? You've yes, got one for Gideon, Scourge, uh, and Mauler. Scourge and Mauler all have if you're at bullseye or a range one isn't it is the other one yes. more yeah. is range one so four dice at range one mm-hmm. four dice yeah. re-roll crack shot and probably a focus because why would you spend it on defense when you've got Aiden to keep you alive anyway so it's fine and if you lose one of them three of them can get a target lock yes yeah. <laughs> sounds good I mean, I'm fully expecting to come up against quite a few tie swarms, um, as well as the other thing that uh, we're we're inevitably end up talking about at some point. Are you sad that you can't bring Jenny out? <laughs> well, I thought a couple of weeks ago when they said when Tragsim was banned, I was like, "Oh, tie swarms going to come back then?" Because that's the card that keeps tie swarms honest. That's the card that stops people from from happily just running range one locked tie swarms. Um, is oh well, what if I can just launch a proton bomb right into the middle of you? Take that away. Um, people have to engage the swarm in order to bomb it, um, and that's risky. As opposed to just yeah, well, I'll joust you and make you either eat crits or disengage from me in order to avoid eating crits. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. I mean. I, I did used to laugh at tie swarms when I flew my resistance bomber, but can't do it anymore. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was very glad that the tragic sim disappeared. For... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it must be said, Martin, that um, this isn't the first event that you've won. It's not the first big event that you've won. It is the first event with a paid trip to Worlds Plus Hotel, which is nice. Um, so that you get a holiday to America at some point in October, maybe. Um, but you, it, um, I mean, it might might potentially be early next year, but I no nothing's been. Yeah. I heard rumours going around, but yeah, nothing's been um, announced as of yet as to when and where. So, so tell us which feels better: this, the first two point five organised play official UK event at seventy five players at the UK Games Expo, or five hundred people at a system open in Birmingham whatever it was, five years ago, four or five years ago. Was it not the last system open as well? But 1.0? Last 1.0 system open, yeah. yeah. Um, pr- probably still be the system open just because of was it be, that was the first event and I think for that one I turned up just wanting to have a laugh in the main event and um, I, think, I think I spent more time that week, that time was deciding what lists I'd be flying in the uh, Hangar Bay side events. You had the FO TIE Fighter that changed its initiative from 7 to 0, didn't you? And some silencer Kylo and something else, and everyone was like, ah, that's rubbish, that last, and you just kept winning. Um, it was, yeah, winning. it was um, Epsilon Ace, which was um, Pilot Skill 4, but if he was undamaged, he shot a um, pilot skill twelve. So, um, <laughs> That's right. Little, yeah. little, little pocket ace until he until he took a damage card, which um, 
was annoying when you came up against the Thweek in the uh, Star Viper <laughs> because he, everyone just stole his initiative, but they didn't have the downside of him um, taking the damage card and losing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I remember Thweek. I'd forgotten him. I'd scrubbed him from my mind. <laughs> I liked him. He was, he was a fun pilot. Mm-hmm. Was, the the good old nonsense of 1.0. Yeah, yeah, that was great fun. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you you know, you're a you're a very accomplished player. Um, how 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 have you um how have you been finding two point five so far? Um, yeah, it's bit, it, it was a bit hit and miss to begin with because I I couldn't really settle on anything, and um, we I was going down to my, my closest stories. Um, well, a few of the Firestorm guys in Basingstoke, and we were just sort of meeting up on a wednesday night and just uh, having enjoyable games but um we were all a bit sort of like Is, was that good was that not good and, and sort of things just just trying out the different things and um sort of was sort of struggling to to get into it a bit yeah then uh, sort of um after um the adepticon and um, again started trying other other bits um I had been looking at um, Ethan Idy's list mm-hmm. and, was, and was was getting much more into it and enjoying it a bit more then. Yeah. Um, and obviously yeah. they uh, they announced the points changes just uh, just in time for this one, which completely threw that list out the window. And and then it was just oh I'll just revert, revert back to what I know, best in Tie Fighters and just. Mm-hmm. See, see, see how they go. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we we were um, kind of practicing uh, for for Tim and Ben because because uh, they were going. Oh, you weren't practicing for me. Yeah, uh, well, I say we like the royal we, as in people that, in an element were helping you out with practice games. You no. know, if you'd asked. Um, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to come before the event. <laughs> okay, so Tim was getting loads of practice games in. Um, I, but you know, looking at kind of Vader plus ties and you know Rebel Alphas and different things with his Republic list, um, I, I don't think I expected to see pure tie swarms. But I saw that yourself and um, Yeri Koskala um, were both flying. I think he had he went up to eight ships because um, he obviously didn't take the uh, the high. I say the high cost. <laughs> he didn't take as many three cost. Um, Guys, he took more two costers, so he had you know two jingoists and Wampa instead of um, people like Scourge and Mauler uh, for the extra damage. So he he'd gone heavy into the twos, um, so that he could get eight chips um, into it, and he hadn't gone as heavy into the crack shots. But um, yeah, and he um, he didn't do um, obviously as well as you because you won the thing. Um, but I think he was there or thereabouts until kind of the last couple of rounds as well. So it's it's definitely been very interesting to see um, the reemergence of the tie swarm and it. The meta did remind me quite um, quite nicely of kind of very early, what I believe early Doors version one kind of X-Wing was, um, because I didn't start playing until until a little bit later. Um, but kind of the, the original Nationals, the one that Craig Reed won, which was, you know, Tie Swarm versus Tie Swarm in the final. And then, you know, you had the, the Falcons came in and then you had the, the Triple Aces came in. Um, so it's going to be interesting. To that, was, see. that was the start of the power yeah, creep. Power, power development. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so before we go on to talk about the um, the, the other ones, um, just have a quick chat with um, Tim uh, and Ben about how they did. So, I mean, like, we've kind of 
touched on it. Ben, you went evens. You went three and three. Tim went Good. four and two. How was how was your day, Ben? Um, I had fun. If I, if I'm honest, that like I alluded to before is my my lack of practice really showed because I, like I hadn't actually tried this list until I brought it on the day, mm-hmm. and I was forgetting triggers. And sort of still finding in finding like a, a good opening for what I liked, um, so it's probably not best to be experimenting <laughs> at the start of the event. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. obviously as I didn't know my list is because usually I, I I choose a list and I rep it for a long time, yeah, or or at least get a lot of games in so so I know what it does. At least so it takes some of the thinking off me, um, and I was very tired by the end of the day through you know having to do more mental thinking yeah yeah because there were bits that we were having to think through actively rather than yeah. just actively knowing what it did yeah. well so so you had it was wedge luke um dutch and fen fen in the sheet of yeah. media yeah okay so basically Re- a load of thoughts yeah the rebel alpha but with dutch with a plasma torp instead of yeah but, one of the um, other options wedge, wedge had um uh, swarm tactics so dutch could shoot at six right Okay, I did also, watch your stream game. I did watch your stream game, and I was, I, I was sitting there going, "Oh, he's left a Jedi without any way to get rid of his blank on his defense dice. Here comes the plasma. That's going to be a shield gone. Oh, here it comes. Here's the alpha." And then he just rolled three eyeballs and went, "I'll just yeah, yeah. focus." And I was like, "Oh, that that <laughs> could be it. <laughs> that could yeah. be it." Yeah. That um, was a game of, uh, although it was, I, you know, I had a brilliantly fun game. I, you probably couldn't hear on the stream, but we were laughing our heads off. Yeah, but yeah, everything was just bouncing. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Nick was saying that the uh, he said you guys can't hear this, but the banter between these two players is just unreal. And I've, <laughs> I, you know, I've chatted with Nils a lot. At, um, I kind of said take her open, and I'm pretty sure I've played him, and I've played his son as well a couple of times. Um, and you know, they always have really good games against the, the those guys. So um, obviously, you know, you're not bad banter yourself across the table. So <laughs> I also. Cool. Didn't realize I thought that spare parts canister could recharge a proton torpedo because I didn't read the card properly. Um, okay. so basically, I, that was a wasted upgrade, I never used it. I mean, you can use it to break locks and stuff. I know it was you? just it, it was never it was never needed, yeah. Although, heightened perception is money, yeah. On Luke, yeah, 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 yeah. why not? I, um, that wouldn't be games that did. Mm-hmm. I managed to PS kill another Luke Skywalker with. My Luke and my Wedge to stop him shooting Luke, and so I won. Yeah, cool. Well, well done on evens. Um, yeah. Tim went four two. How was your day, Tim? Yeah, very good. Um, you know, it was it was nice to be back at sort of premier level events and sort of back around people that, although I've uh, you know been lucky enough to you know be able to play a fair bit online over lockdown and obviously chat to people from not just across the UK, but across Europe. And, you know, um, yeah, it was nice to actually sort of see people in person and, you know, sort of chit-chat between games and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, no, yeah. yeah, games went really well. Uh, my two losses were, like, real close. Um, so I drew um, Dan... Surname escapes me because uh, he's changed his thing. Dan Buckley uh, on... Yeah. Uh, was round one uh, five ship resistance uh, at salvage, which is probably the worst scenario in Alpha Jedi because you can't uh, obviously use any reposition now you're towing. 
Uh, and I think if he'd if he'd rocked up with a four ship resistance, I would have been a lot happier. Um, but that also did teach me a massive lesson, which is, you know, at the end of the game, I shouldn't just be thinking about my win condition. I need to think more about my opponent's win condition. And he was just able to kill the lat in the last turn and win by a point. Um, so yeah, that was that was a you know close game. But um, yeah, I think I think uh, possibly if I, I wasn't quite as uh, foggy in the morning maybe i'd uh, thought that but i think i seem to always lose my first game at, at big events and then just submarine um so then uh yeah managed to win the next sort of three on the bounce and suddenly going into round five on three and one it's like oh you know is the submarine on um and then a real close game with andy cameron in round five unfortunately did just uh dent uh the dream of sort of progressing to the cut uh, but a good close game and managed to finish the last round with a, with a good win as well, yeah. um, which was against, you know, sort of Rebel Alpha. I managed to actually beat two of them, I think, over the day. Um, and I felt fairly confident into that list. I had to play very differently into it. Um, but no, it was, um, yeah, real, real fun day. Um, got to play uh, Martin Down from T-Squadron, which was, uh, you know, a good laugh. Uh, Louis uh, was a great game because uh, two Jedi lists decided to joust each other and obviously one came out the other side yeah. of that um, yeah no it was uh, real fun um, you know my my target really and I, although I secretly hoped to make cut I knew five and one in that room with that standard of player was going to be a real tough ask and so I was kind of hoping for top eight and faction to get the punch and the dial and that's what I got yeah. so like you know I think at the start of the weekend, if you told me I'd go four two, you know, fifth in faction, get the punch, you know, be in contention for making cup, more than happy with with how how the weekend went, um, and yeah, yeah, it was real good fun, and um, yeah, well, with that, I will say it was probably the one of the best run official like premier level events I've been to, um, yeah. like you know, I, I don't want to criticize how things have gone in the past but you know we have had delays out of you know people's hands you know at, you know system open you know and, and other bits you know where we perhaps had two hours between rounds one and two mm. this uh chris and his team kept everything on time um i think we'd finished the end of the day by half eight which if yeah. you were just going to write out the times on a bit of paper that's probably what you'd be expecting uh we had a decent lunch break of about 45 minutes to an hour um you know, the communication was great. Turnaround, results. You know, yeah, super smooth day. Yeah, I suppose it helps when you've got experience of running three, four, five, six hundred person events, and then you come back in and your first X-wing event back is seventy-five players rather than, you know, several hundred. That you know, there's a a lot of stuff that you can do that keeps it going. But yeah, it's awesome to hear that it um it went as smooth as it could do. Well, the, the other the other nice thing was is they actually used tabletop TO. Now, you know, I, I'd obviously spoken to Alex Watkins, Alex Thorne, obviously before the pandemic about using tools like this beforehand. And I don't know whether how well it would work in a four or 500 player event because, you know, you get that many people using it. It can be like a DDoS attack uh, for the poor website. Yeah. But um, I know Dennis, uh, who runs site has been uh, like moving on to like bigger faster servers with stronger hamsters and you know you know it is it's getting better all the time 
and that was really useful to be able to see like you know you didn't have to wait for the the pairings to go up on on you know on the the printouts you could look on your phone um you could also check your results through the day as well so i think that helped a lot of people make sure that their results were correct we um so we still had to do match slips um but that was absolutely fine you know fill those in at the end of the round and obviously uh, you could do data entry but equally you just hand the match slip in and they would do data entry as well so i think that worked really well and it's good um good for like the people that aren't there because then they can see like who's who's doing what you know what lists are doing um you know how how pairings are going um so yeah no i, th I think like using that you know that available technology is, is always great and and hopefully yeah. um yeah i know germany um so the the world's open qualifier in hanover end of july is also on um uh ttt so we'll we'll see that yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's part of my boring work job is um, doing things like performance testing on um, web-based services, and um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. You know, looking at like it's absolutely fine unless there's a big event on and then it slows down. But if you spend enough money to make it run fast at that time, then you know, ninety percent of the time you're just wasting money because there's no big event running. Um, so you know, he he needs to try and target how he puts his upgrades in just at the right point um or get onto a different commercial deal with his web service providers where they'll uh, provide him with like flexible scaling on how much resource he's getting yeah um but that then costs money because they need to put monitoring on it so that they can um scale it um flexibly as it starts to get busier um so everything costs money so again you know if you have got a few spare quid and you want to throw some money towards dennis on tabletop.to if you scroll to the bottom there's a donate uh, button um and you can either do like a, a patreon or a regular donation or a one-off um uh, entirely up to you but it's a, a service that really the community does um use almost entirely to run events now so um, it would be great um, if we could continue to support him. And I do toss him a few quid every so often. Um, so I'm not just saying this and, and then laughing quietly to myself while using the free stuff. Um, you know, we we do we do chuck him a few quid um, here and there as well um, around the time of the Sith Taker events to make sure that um, he's aware that they're happening as well. So um, Cool. Um, just in terms of Sith takers, because I know that you all did care deeply about how everybody else did. Um, Liam went four and two, and we'll hear a little bit more about Liam's run uh, probably next week when he's going to come back and join us, and and maybe he's a little bit later when we talk um, a little bit more to Martin about some of his games. Um, Tom Reed, who having not played any two point five, basically um, decided last minute to play um, in the expo because he was there. Um, in and typical he Tom fashion. He borrowed stuff again. Yep. Turned up, borrowed some ships that other people had spare in the cases, threw a list together last minute and went four and two. So, um, and didn't miss out by much. Missed a play in the game. He was four and one and lost his play in the game. Um, so, yeah, it was just one of those, just Tom being Tom. Uh, Jordan uh, Bishop went four and two with his scum and villainy, horrible jousting list, so a recent addition um, to the Sith Takers. Um, have I missed anybody who was there? No, I think I think that was that was all the official sort of Sif takers. You got some Sif taker adjacent players, shall we say, who sort of hang around and and chat and stuff. But certainly the ones who sort of wear the shirts and, and have popped it down. 
ETT. So those, uh, those card card carrying members of the squadron. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, yeah, real, real good turnout. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, not quite a one eight six squadron uh, sort of turnout, but um, but no, I think as a group, um, you know, yeah, that that four and two average is 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 really good, and certainly like in in the standard of that room as well. Yes, yeah, I was, I was. <laughs> and you've let us all down. Um, yeah, I mean, you were just mentioning the 186 there. The 186 had four people in the top eight cut. So, you know, we talked about how, how sharp the room was and it's just worth um, running down what the top eight was. So uh, King of Swiss uh, going 6-0 was Bartosz Vachicki, um, who's the... Uh, currently probably reigning UK Nationals champion, I think, because I think he won the last one before COVID. Um, and this wasn't Nationals, although it probably would have been in a previous world. Um, but yeah, he's um, he flew uh, Rebel Alpha to 6-0. and um, Then second place in Swiss was Ben Lee, who's a former European champion. And top four at Worlds. I know Bartosz has got top eight at Worlds and maybe even top four as well. Then Martin came third in Swiss, um, who's won the second largest X-Wing event ever. Um, and the largest at the time that you won it. Not to take that away from you. Um, <laughs> Andy, Andy Cameron, who uh, basically is a regular fixture in any... Um, cut basically in any big event that you go to um he's always there or thereabouts um, ed Moreland, regionals as well yeah um yeah yeah um ed Moreland from the one at six i didn't know but legend that he is flew separatist to everybody had discounted and i think only three people took them to the entire event and he he flew it to top five uh yeah there was four in this room Four was there, yeah, because yeah. yeah. um, oh. Ryan Burnett, although he, he did the worst out of everyone, um, the Burnett's not everyone still got the damage deck because there was only four. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, and then let's uh, take this away from Martin, but I was really wanted this list to win just to show <laughs> that the separatists were good too, yeah. Just tell everybody, don't write things off just because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it would yeah. be like just interesting news, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sixth then was Niels Deterrent, which we've spoken about, um, and Ben played on stream. Um, then Karol Petrovich, who I don't know, um, sadly, but um, clearly a very accomplished player. And then in, in eighth place, sneaking in at the bottom of, of cut, um, a certain Oliver Pocknell. So, Never um, heard of him. Yeah. So, you know, the top eight there, you're looking at, you know, what f at least five people who've previously won large large events and then three obviously very accomplished players who just because i've not heard of them doesn't mean they've not won stuff before um so yeah um crazy um and then some of the names of people who didn't make cut and just missed out liam obviously you can talk to us about that in a minute martin because you keep telling us that you think he should have beaten you but he didn't um <laughs> henry henry westcott who i don't know if you guys know henry's one of the people behind all wings cards um, I used to. I usually chat to him when I see him at big events, but never really catch up with him in between times. So it's great to see him doing well. Um, Dom Flanagan, um, as I said, Tom Reed, Philip Vukic, um, Tim Jordan, Ben Kennedy, Phil Pond, Chris Burnett, all sitting on four and two, um, as well as you know a few other people that do listen to the podcast. So um, Jake Ridgely, who decided to go, I think. He decided to go on the Saturday morning or maybe late on the Friday night. He got a late pass from his wife. 
and kind of was posting up in the Sith Taker Discord server. How do I get there? What do I need? <laughs> what do you, what should I bring? And he's gone four and two as well. So congratulations to Jake. Um, so yeah, you know the, the people who've missed out on cut are, and I've I've skimmed down. So apologies. It's it's not a it's not a slight um, to anybody if I've not mentioned. Oh, no, also, no. A, l- a little um, shout out to our car buddy Quarantine. Yeah. Who's a French national champion? He went three and three. So there you go. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like the guy that won nationals in France went three and three in this room. So yeah, it was uh, it was a brutal, brutal room. Um, just looking at it. So um, yeah. sorry, I was going to say like one thing I, I've sort of said to Liam as well is that you know I understand. You know, I get that he's you know he's not happy that obviously he didn't make cut at this event. But what he has to remember is that this is the new sort of brutal cut system where it's based on your record so it's a five and one which is you know the hardest sort of cut we've ever had like if this was you know run pre-covid under the old rules it would have probably been a top 16 cut you know and you know suddenly a lot more of those four and twos make make it through and once you get to knockout anything can happen you know anybody can you know have a good run um so like you know i think yeah the five and one is 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 fairly brutal as it goes and 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 possibly a a four and one and five rounds might be easier but i know because we had alex watkins on and i think he was sort of saying that the reason they moved from this rather than i say a fixed top 16 top 32 top 64 based on like the number of players was because you know like the uk system open was getting ridiculously large where they're almost having seven rounds of x-wing on the sunday Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to think of a different way of doing the cut. So, um, yeah, like I, I think if if you look at it that way, you sort of look at look at you know sort of put a positive spin on things. Um, then you know there's there's a lot of positives you can take away from. You know, I mean, like Liam finished tenth out of what seventy five. Uh, yeah, Don Flanagan was just out of there. Henry was ninth. Um, so those guys at the top of the four and twos, you know, did really well. Yeah, it's well, worth we, we, point, it, we, it's worth pointing out. Sorry, Liam um, got like the worst possible um, way to go four and two, which he wins. He was four and zero, oh, and then he hit Bartosz, um and went to four and one, um, and then he hit Martin and went to four and two. So you know, you you and Liam were playing on a on a winning in basically, weren't you? Um, and he'd gone to four and zero oh, and then lost two, which meant that he went, he crashed off a massive high. Um, and yeah, he was um, he's he's a bit gutted. So we'll we'll talk to him a little bit more about it next week. So Martin, did I I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just going to say it was when you were saying about like the um the, the things at the four and ones and stuff because the um we were all um on the similar tables at that point and just looking at each other and who who was there. Like you said, it was me. There was Liam. There was Ollie. There was Dom. There was Andy Cameron. There was just it was just like being on death row, just going, I don't want to face you, and I don't want to face you, and I don't want to face um one of the squad mates, and I don't want to face. And it was just it was just horrible thinking the uh, the caliber of player you could get. Um, who you going to pick? Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> yeah, there there weren't there weren't many people you'd look down that that you look at the people who are either went five and one or four and two and you think who on that list would I want to get in a draw? And there's not many names where you would be like, yeah, I reckon I could I reckon I could win that one. Uh, most of it's like oh, it'd be be in the lap of the gods most of the time. Um, so I mean, if you want to chat us through, Martin, any of your any, I mean, I, I said I was going to ask you about your 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 favourite game and your toughest game. So. Um, which of the kind of however many it was, 10 games that you played over the course of the weekend, uh, did you enjoy the most? 
Um, so the the best game was probably my um, top four game, which was um, against uh, Benley, mm-hmm. and um, we'd we'd sort of had the uh, match up like this um, a week before at um, at Basingstoke. Mm-hmm. He was running. Um, he his he tweaked his imperial list to um uh, to what he flew on yesterday, um, but. We we had a very very similar game at both events where it was the knife edge the entire way and was pretty much decided on the uh, the final turn, but it was just uh, it was it was just such a nice laid back and enjoyable um, format where where we were both just sort of we were both sort of going happy whoever wins kind of thing. Um, there was it it was just it, was, it seems weird to say but it felt very much like pressures off situation like game when mm-hmm. considering it was a a top, a top four of, of a big event yeah yeah i suppose you know with if you're squad mates then you're kind of sitting there and you're thinking from a squad perspective well we've got one in the final um so you know let's just have a fun game and this could be a casual you know not even game night kit but we're just on in the club and we're you know getting some practice games in and you know yeah there's more a little more on it than that but you know those kind of games like you know, if I'm playing against one of the Sith takers in a, you know, in in any game in any tournament, it's always a lot more relaxed than if I'm playing against somebody I, I don't know or even somebody I do know but not as well, because um, you know you, you feel like you can kind of say, oh, I forgot my foils. Do you mind? And then go, yeah, it's grand. You know, you're obviously going to open them there, kind of thing. Whereas if you're playing against somebody else, you just go, oh, I forgot my foils. And then there's that pregnant pause when you kind of hope, but you're not going to ask. Oh, that's why I may just flip them. Um, you know that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was game. your, yeah, which which is your top was your toughest game? Oh, I was just going to add to the um, to just to the uh, ben, ben the game against Ben. It was exactly that because, like I say, it was all all well well mannered and all everything like that. Mm-hmm. But the actual the, when time was called on the round in the final turn, the score was ten all with um um about three different events going on that could could change the game in either either favour. Nice, and nice. Um, there was just different bits where it's like I'm thinking, oh, he's going to do this with his seventh sister, so I'll do a barrel roll, and then he's gone completely straight. And then that's left Gideon tokenless, where Vader's come along and manages to one shot Gideon. Then Ben takes a three point lead. Then um, one of the objectives that um, we were contesting over his um, SB Jingoist takes two crits. Um, so then there's the whole, it's one of them going to be direct or an, or a fuel leak direct. Mm-hmm. And the second card he drew was a console fire, which, <laughs> which he received at I-5. Yep. And then triggered it in I-4. So that tie exploded and suddenly that's two points for the tie and he's no longer contesting the objective. Yeah. And that's the three points back my way. <laughs> Yeah, so it's thirteen each, and and you're still at I five or I two, sorry, and there's still shifts to shoot. Yeah, yeah, and um, and it was all just it all went down literally to this final shot of whether his um Reaper could kill a one health uh, Tie fighter mm-hmm. and end end up winning the it, it didn't, so I ended up winning the game fifteen fourteen. Wow, it was just it wow. was just that that swing of that because it was like this this combat oh that's changed this and this one no that's changed that but. But no, so, it was ab- absolute great game. What was your what was your loss in Swiss? 
my loss was to um, Carol, who um, also made the cut, mm-hmm. um, flying a very similar list to um, what Ben was flying. And I, I think, because um, I, t- I was set up my Wampa first, and then he'd set his um, Wampa and his Reaper up the other side of the board. And I thought, actually, if like if he's coming down there, my, I, I actually split. It was the only game I did it. I split the uh, the swarm of the block of seven, put the other six up to joust the um, Reaper, mm-hmm. and I think that was actually a massive mistake because actually it disengaged. And um, though I didn't chase it too much, um, the rest, the main ties were the wrong way, wrong place. So he had um, Rex Lebrath and Vader just fully on chasing Wampa, whilst Wampa was going, "Why am I out here by myself? I need to get back <laughs> to, to everyone else." Uh, and by the time it took my ties to get back into the fight, and when I did turn around, um, all of my low initiative ships were the wrong side of my I fives. So yeah. I was blocking myself from the turns. I think um, I was down seven-one on objectives, like after about three or four turns. Um, Ouch! And, uh, yeah. it, well, the, the game actually finished twenty-one eighteen, but uh, was <laughs> was yeah, it was he... really tough to swing it back from the position I was in. Yeah, I mean his his list's very interesting because um it's a Vader defender list, but it doesn't have Vader in a defender. It's got um Vader in an X one with um Patlin Analyzer and Afterburners and some other stuff. Um Rexler Brass with Duke Fire Control System and a heavy laser cannon, which is rude. Um uh, so that's an I five defender, um plus I six Vader, and then Vizier with Palp um as a Reaper. Um and he's I two, isn't he? Yes. And then one for I one, so you've got a really good advanced sensors, basically um, Reaper um, moving it to being able to be a nasty blocker, coordinating Vader and Rexlar, so they can get additional actions and repositions and stuff um, at I two, uh, and then yeah, you've got just those two really really big punchy guns um, sitting at high initiative, and you know, Vader strips their tokens and then Rexler jukes them to death. It's it's horrible. <laughs> it's really good. It, but it, it wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean I'm just uh, I I don't want to go through the lists. Um it's been interesting talking to you. Um we've kind of touched on kind of what Ben flew. Bartosz flew um a version of Rebel um Alpha. Andy Cameron and Ollie Pocknell flew the same list, which was a version of Rebel Alpha with um Ahsoka in an A-wing with uh it, it's worth pointing out that they both had trick shot and shattering shot on both Luke and Ahsoka. So they had Ahsoka with concussion missiles with those two abilities to fire and through rocks doing five dice concussions and Luke Skywalker doing six dice proton torpedoes. So it's a bit rude um all told I think. But um Obviously, you managed to deal with that. Oh no, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't meet either of them, did you? No, oh, I, I didn't. Didn't meet any any of the Ahsokas. So. Yeah, probably, probably for the best. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the the list the list I actually feared the most of the whole event, which I I didn't want to see, and I was dreading facing in at the um one one was um list that Dom was flying and also. <laughs> was the same list that Liam was flying but yeah. I I played the match up against um Dom again at Basingstoke last weekend and he absolutely wrecked me with it 
box yeah. with all all its toys. So I was like, I just I just didn't want to face Dom in it in that cut. And then obviously I got paired into um to Liam, who was flying exactly the same list. <laughs> <laughs> that that little that those reps that you got against Dom flying it probably helped you out to um like you you didn't get caught by the tricks basically. Um, uh, I I I, I knew they were coming, but it was still um really difficult to um to deal with and li- liam blew it absolutely superbly yeah um, to the point where i'm going he- he's jousting my swarm with grudge i just got the electro shaft missile i'm like i know exactly what he's going to do and i know where it's going to be um so i and everything based on him throwing it four forwards and yeah. then i hadn't appreciated that skill bombardier can make that four forwards a five forwards <laughs> so, yeah. so although so my hard turns away from it to not go through it and just, i think i managed to it was only Iden just clipped the center point because it's just that bit further forward then mm-hmm. it just it just shut off lanes and things and bottlenecked my entire swarm and as i say liam, liam flew it really really well yeah um, yeah he's a very he's a very very good player um for all he you know acts like a ADHD child without his medication. Um, sometimes he's um, he's a very very good player. Um, forget your take your Ritalin when you listen to this, Liam. Um, and you, can have, you can have your crayons back. Um, so. He was he was. Um, I don't know how much you'd heard of, of the game, but let's like say I know he's uh, right rightly disappointed by it because he was a eighteen ten up with the final shot of the game and. Uh, and lost it. Eighteen ten. Oh. Eighteen ten up with the final shot of the game. So I'm gonna try and figure out what you killed a seven point shit. Tyler, and, I reckon. And then got two objective points because was it chance engagement? It was um scramble, so there were the three obje- there was three objectives. Okay, so how do you get nine Kylo, points I think. off? But Kylo's not nine points. No, he's seven, isn't he? Kylo's six, I believe. Six. So you, I think you got Kylo in the three objectives. Yes. Right. I, Ky- Kylo had two health, and Wampa had a range three shot on him. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's when he's definitely going to die. And um, Wampa rolled hit eyeball crit and uh, with a focus, and um, all Liam needed to, to roll was uh, two paint to live. Four dice. Oh dear. That's, so, uh, yeah. That's, that's like uh, saying you'll never guess how I won. I had one shot. It was range three obstructed into two token of Suntir fell with AP five without any mods in sight, like, and, <laughs> and you did hit crit and killed him, right? <laughs> but he avoided one and took a direct, and that's what happened. Uh, yeah. This is well, why. Like, it's why you also you always want to try and tag Wampa, even if it's like a range three obstructed shot. You just want to tag him just so he, like, he doesn't get that extra dice. Well, but... that's what he's there for, isn't he? He's there yeah, to, yeah. to draw. He's a two-point ship. He's there to draw fire away from your important pieces. Um, yeah. I mean, I you suppose, know, right? yeah, you, you'd, you'd, you'd still, yeah, you'd think that, yeah, range three, I'd probably be fine. But that is how the Sinterfells and the Obi-Wan Kenobis and the Fen Rals of this world all die. Yeah, Liam um, admitted it afterwards because he, he, he did the boost rather than said what I should have done was just rotated the arc and had a plink shot um, and then yeah, deny Wampa the, the extra red dice and, and yeah, it was say the gate he 
he didn't deserve to lose the game at all because he he outflew me the entire game, and and I say I told told him that straight straight after the game because uh, it he he really made me work for it. Yeah, he he was chatting to me afterwards a little bit in the evening because I stayed up far too late, um, <laughs> and um, he he just said uh, he made three mistakes. He felt he made three mistakes, and you know you didn't make any. Um, so you capitalised on the fact that he made those mistakes by winning, and, and you won the game. Um, so you know he's, yeah, he's uh, he was really, really, really happy um, with you know. Well, he's he's sad that he went four two while simultaneously being happy, but he's already taken the lessons out of his losses to make sure that he's better next time as well. Um, he did he did have to suffer through um, Tim talking to him about nutrition and hydration for. Um, a little bit on the uh, on the Sunday evening as well. So. <laughs> I think that was like a message I was I posted up this morning about stuff like but that's. But that's I'm what, just yeah. I'm just winding you up, Tim. No, no. Don't worry. No, but there was an interesting conversation we were having this morning. I think Tom was chatting as well, and that you know there there's a lot of things to be said about you know the difference between you know a little one day um, and then a big six round event at a convention center. You know, making sure you got your snacks and in your water with you and stuff like that, and like even just going to like I think I, d- I don't know what Liam did between round five and round six, but you know, did was he slightly tilted or not after round five? Did he need to go and get a break somewhere? Um, uh, I I don't know, and you know, little things like that can help. Um, but it's it's what works for the, for each individual player at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, somewhere in our kind of 250 episode backlog we've got a lot of um, conversations with a lot of top level tournament players talking about how they play for and prepare for and and you know cope and survive through tournaments and you know it really comes to having routines there's there's a sports psychology element to the to this because you know ultimately even though it's you know closer to esports than to physical sports it's um you know, there there are things that you can see sports professionals do um, and gaming professionals do to reset themselves um, after something goes against them, um, and knowing how to do that or having a routine that helps you to do that. Um, so, I mean, I've probably mentioned it before, but I like to tidy up everything into my tray when I just need a moment to think. Mm. Um, so, like, I just put everything away, and Ben goes, "At last, you're putting it all away. That's <laughs> what those are for." You know. But um, yeah, it's like just, you know, give myself a minute to take a breath and to stick all my templates back in the tray, tidy all my tokens up, you know, make sure everything's as it should be and then start thinking about my moves. And yeah, it wastes a couple of minutes, but I'm thinking about the game while I'm doing it. But it's just that momentary reset. You should just always do it and stop being lazy. I mean, I should, but... That's what those lovely template trays we buy are for. (laughs) Isn't that just for keeping them nice and safe in your Felder bag in between? Put them in the right place slap your hands <laughs> it was, I, it was some, I just it, put your stuff away while we're playing anyway because it drives me nuts yeah even when you're not playing and you're just watching you just sit yeah, tidy yeah. up for me it's like having a squire it's brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> um bob um bob knew that it wound me oh ben's gone oh can you not hear me you just went a bit robot try again Bob, when I used to play Bob, he knew it wound me up, so he would purposely do it wrong. He'd also like put his like one straight in the two just to get on my nerves to distract <laughs> me. Oh, pe- people who people who leave the template on the table behind the ship after they've moved it, I'm just like, really? At least just move it back to your side of the board, can't? <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, I've got comfortable enough. I just pick people's stuff up. I don't mind. 
<laughs> I might get stuff. it off the map. Don't touch <laughs> Take my it stuff. off the map then. Um, Put it back where it belongs. <laughs> um, so I did want to. I did want to ask Martin. We we have a, a question or a couple of questions that we kind of try and ask people when when they come onto the podcast, just about your approach to the game and how you play it. Um, and really, the, the the main question is when you well in at kind of two points in the game, I guess. The first one is before. Uh, the game starts, so when you get paired up against somebody and it's a big event, so you don't know what the list is, um, you wander over, you stick your stuff down on the table, introduce yourself, you see what they're flying, what's your thought process at that point? How do you start to approach um, how you're going to play the game? Um, good question. Uh, I guess it, it, it depends what I was flying, because obviously in I jump sometimes between like the first order races and and then the tie swarm. So it's just looking, seeing what biggest threat is like for this weekend. If it's sort of oh, there's the I six of uh, Defender Vader, or is that? And it's like well, I know that he's either going to be he's going to be a threat or he's the trap to go for. But then that's when you think okay, with my ties, I can rely on Iden to. Um, save me from that um that shot if i need to and uh then go right um what's he got with what can what can i gun down possibly before they shoot like with with my ties for example with four of them i'm shooting at i5 with the swarm tactics other than go go for the um i6 ace or whatnot i was like i was just trying to go um I can initiative kill that if I can initiative kill one or two ships and suddenly big scary um, six ace has, has got to worry about so many ships where I've only got to worry about one. Yeah. Okay, so you, you identify kind of, first of all, you identify what the biggest threat is to your list and then you identify a way that you can reduce the threat of that big threatening ship, whether it's by threatening it directly to make it run away um, or by taking out its support pieces so that it's got less space to maneuver, basically. That's kind of that's kind of your your opening um, situation. So the the next question is, kind of you're in the middle of the game, and you finish a round. You count the score up because we're playing two point five, um, and then you know somebody says right back to dials. What's your thought process when somebody says back to dials and you're in the middle of a game? Um, so wh- where do you go from that point? Again, I guess it all, again depends where ships are on on the board, and because uh, with the um, with with the way the weekend went, and depending on the objectives, I'd on the scenarios, uh, if it was objectives, I'd try and I wasn't going f- straight for them as such, thinking right that ship can go pick those ones up. It was as if as my block passed over them, I'd claim them as I went, but I was always sort of trying to chase targets but as it, um as, as the game went on and i was thinking or oh, maybe that ship's dead or um one of my ties is burning and an iden's charge has been spent i'd um i'd send that one off to go and try and claim um an objective the other side of the board um i think there was a, there was actually quite a, a example in my game against liam again where um i think he'd he'd managed to kill one of my ties um which 
he could one of my ties which triggered a disciplined on all the others which managed to barrel them out of his um proton rocket arc mm-hmm. so that um but then the other tie he, he managed was heavily damaged but which i knew that he'd be able to then kill so i just sent that one to the other side of the board to uh to, to claim objectives while i could bully the other ships with what was left yeah, it's just, it's just sort of seeing where where things were from my side of the, the game of what was still alive, wasn't, mm-hmm. and, so and you, where where we were objectives wise. Yeah, so you're basically thinking at, at that, like with objectives because it's actually interesting. This is the first you're the first person we've talked to like this with these questions since objectives really came in. Um, so previously it was um, the, the, the 2.0 thing. So most people were saying, you know, well, first of all, I'll think about what the score is. Then I'll think about what my win condition is, how I can get points on ships. And now we've added into that thought process. Um, well, actually, I've got a tie who's got one health left and, you know, a damaged engine. So I'm just going to five straight that tie out over there and pick up that objective that we've been ignoring for the last three turns because it wasn't near the engagement but now i'm going to go and if my tie can get one victory point or two victory points out of that then that's more value than they're going to add staying here giving up two or three points um when they inevitably get killed um so yeah it's uh, interesting um to hear that i mean so you weren't really playing for objectives i guess one of the benefits of having seven ships is that your action economy while you don't have You've got attack economy with Hellrunner, um, and you've got a, a bunch of little bits and bobs going on with strains and stuff with the jingoist. Um, but your action economy is basically you're there saying, Well, I've got seven ships, so I can spend an action flipping that objective or taking that objective or picking it up and having, you know, carrying a crate around, carry three crates around in your tie swarm or whatever. Um, you know, I can't barrel roll that guy, fine. Um, if I get a discipline trigger, I'll take a target lock instead, um, sort of thing. Um did did you find that having that volume of ships was helping you with objectives just because you didn't have to lose in inverted commas actions to to do them? I mean, like somebody was passing up a focus, obviously, but was was that helpful to you? Um, yeah, I think I think so, and um, especially with the change of um, not scoring objectives in round one allowed me to um, the the swarm sort of uh, a quarter of the way up the board straight away to. to to deny that channel if anyone did want to come and joust but i'd always leave maybe one going slightly slower so that if there was an objective there it could either claim it if it didn't need be or if it was a crate to pick it up in the following turn and then as the as they um tried to make it so there were always sort of two objectives in that channel then when um ties either turned or banked around mm-hmm. i could still claim or pick up um those two objectives in the turn so so i was at least not losing points in in that respect um in that part of the game too early cool and and then it was and then you say right when it was near the end once i things were going and it was um working out what i needed to to do um to stand a chance of trying to win the game and that i it was then when i decided right i've got to break up the swarm because that tie's got to go and claim or contest that tie's got to go over there and claim or contest and i think it there were three games the game against liam the game against ben and the game against bartosh uh, about the the final turn i just broke up the swarm completely Mm -hmm. because i had to go and claim in the game against liam i had to i think claim all three objectives in the final turn 
to to try and swing it back in or to delay it so that I could get another turn in. Yeah, I saw in the uh, in the final against Bartosz the the last kind of turn there was a an awful lot of discussion going on on stream and in chat with people saying you know like what's Bartosz's win condition and it was like right well he needs to initiate you know Iden's been or hadn't been spent so you I think you still had Iden active until the end of the game against Bartosz didn't you? Um, um, I or... I had to spend it um, on Wedge's primary attack. Yes, uh, to, so that was the turn before the last turn, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So they 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 were like, well, "What's his win condition?" And it was Wedge needs to kill one tie, Luke needs to kill another tie, um, and then hope that nobody else dies and somebody has to claim an objective. Like he had to basically he had to use his three ships to kill two ties and to claim an objective and then hope that you didn't do anything else. And you just scattered your ties in all sorts of directions and you know stuck one in the middle to force a bump. Um and then it was just like, well, if he manages to kill them now, he can't. And there was a point when after all the moves had, had happened, I think Bartos just looked at what the score was and I think it was 12-6 or 13-6 or something like that, maybe not even, might have been 13-2 or something or 12-2. And he just looked at it and was like, right, I need 10 points. And he looked at what he could score. I was like, nope, can't do it. So he didn't he didn't play out the final turn, shook your hand and was like, yeah, the most I can get here is like three points. Um, and that's if I'm lucky sort of thing. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just one of those things where I think if you'd kind of tried to play your swarm like there was another infinite number of turns, you know, and tried to keep it all together and, you know, putting threats on, you'd have given him the opportunity to win. But knowing that time was up and what your win condition was, um, popping it out that way was was really good. Good to see. Um, we've been joined by the pirate captain himself, Liam Baker. We've been talking about you loads, Liam. Um, Nothing good. Ears have been burning. <laughs> we've been we've yeah. been talking symp- sympathetically about you. We've been saying you were going to be on next week talking about it. Hi, um, Liam. I've only I've only popped in to say hello and give a uh, give Martin a, a middle finger again. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can listen back when you want to hear all the nice things we've been saying about you. Sorry, right, I'll edit them out. <laughs> and it was, doesn't come from me. How are you doing? Yeah. Are you okay? I'm all right. I'm just dealing with the puppy. Oh, yeah. Hard, hardest he's of lives. First world problems. A... Didn't didn't make cut. Got a puppy. Yeah, he's like a beautiful tornado. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the dog version of you, isn't he? Except for beautiful. Uh, yeah, pretty much. He's just. A... <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. I'm going to say it. he's a little. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Of course he is. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll disappear and I'll come talk about me next week. Hopefully, right. I'm feeling a bit, a bit more up for it. <laughs> Speak to you soon, buddy. Screw you, Martin. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think we've pretty much finished talking through. Um, the the expo um if you want to have a look at the lists they have been now unlocked on tabletop to they were they were hidden for the duration of the event so that we didn't um, crash the servers um <laughs> with our interest of scrolling through and seeing who was doing what so um yeah you can you can jump on and have a look at them doubtless we'll see a lot of people flying them at club nights up and down the country over the the coming weeks as people try and figure out whether 
Bartosz's list was really six and no good um, in Swiss, or whether Bartosz just made it six and no good um, with uh, his particular um, kind of weird savant ability to put ships in places where you think they shouldn't fit. Um, he's too clever. Uh, I've played him a few times in TTS, and I'm just like, no, you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Stop being good. Um, but then, you know, he's obviously not infallible because Martin, you smashed him up. So, yeah, there we go. Um, so well, there's a couple. Yeah, go on, Tim. Go oh, on, I was going to say, there's a few, there's a few sort of post-expo uh, things I'd just like to touch on. Uh, mm-hmm. So, firstly, big shout out to Nick, uh, Dom and Pon for the Firecast uh, Focus. Um, there's an awful lot of streaming. If you jump onto Twitch, uh, you'll be able to go and see uh, all the games that were streamed over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, obviously go and catch up. Like, I, I know I will because, obviously, I didn't get a chance to watch any of them bar, I think, the last 10 minutes of the final. Um, literally just jumped in for the last turn or two. Um, thanks to everybody that did the uh, the swaps with the Obi-Wan Kenobis. So me and Ben um, swapped a fair few, but not all of our Obi-Wan Kenobis. Um, so we will be bringing those to Germany with us. Um, so if anybody does want to uh, swap any old art you want, just come and see us. Uh, I'll have the uh, ETA version and Ben will have the Ether Sprite still. And then a thanks um, to UK Games Expo, um, obviously for putting you know the event on, uh, while well, hosting hosting the uh, organised play event, shall I say, who obviously ran the the event. But uh, we had a nice mooch around the expo on Friday afternoon, um, seeing some random games and you know chatting to a few of the sellers and people demoing games. So uh, it was a uh, a fun experience and uh, a, a good Chicken weekend. Chicken in the hot dog. <laughs> Yeah, less said about that game. That was uh, <laughs> disturbing. Did you see that game, Martin? Oh, I missed that one. But let's have um, it. Tim will post a picture of it afterwards. Yeah, we can't really discuss we, it yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I just edit it out. I mean, whatever the person was looking at when they thought of that concept was uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, in fact, I can probably I'll put it into the um, I'll put it into our Discord chat now, which won't be great for the viewers. Um, but then you can probably uh, you can Google Google chicken and a hot dog game, and you'll get all things by hot potato or something like that. Yeah, uh, bit, uh, there'll be a how to play video on YouTube, doubtless, or something. Big big potato games. Um, so they've uh, they've made some really fun games, in fairness. Um, uh, but this one was yeah. What? <laughs> so so for anybody that's not sure so I'll, I'll try and describe it without going into massive detail but it involves oh. it involves tossing um either a rubber chicken or a rubber hot dog that it looks particularly suspect it has um, a suction cup on the eight one end yeah and then you've got so the cards you've you got cards with them and you have to like do they'll say like you know bounce off a wall or something like that and essentially, I think it's like you know, you know the kids, you know, flipping their bottles up on and landing it on the ends and stuff. Um, but the uh, the actual item you are tossing is suspect, to say the mm-hmm. least. A little bit phallic, mm. just a little bit. Yes, mm-hmm. a bit, bit multi-purpose, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, I, the last time I went to the expo um, for, for X Wing, I, I remember. Um, I can't even remember when it was. I managed to get a stroll around, but um, just walking around, it was it was crazy. Like the the number of different like little 
little boutique games that people had developed that you know they had a little stall and they were sitting there with you like a hundred copies that they got printed up and they were just in the expo and if you went round at the wrong time they were just gone hmm. and there was just like a desolate shell of where they used to be because they're like well we've sold out even the demo version's gone so well i guess we can just go and do something else now <laughs> but you know and then people sitting there just looking dejected because their stack of 100 games was still behind them and nobody had wanted to buy it and it was just like the funniest thing 400 different people trying to sell dice um identical sets of dice yeah you know, i mean yeah, that, that that is the weird thing and like i said to ben at the start because you know, having I've, I've worked for a few companies in the wargaming industry like these sort of shows because i've worked them they just don't really appeal to me that much it's nice to go and see people that i know like in the industry and say hello and, and stuff like that but there's no real games that i'm sort of like thinking oh i want to go and get that but it's nice to get the, the occasional demo um one thing yeah we, we randomly walked past a uh, a lone guy on his own little little D accessories stand and he in fairness had some really lovely uh D accessories so i did um um pa- uh, pass with some of my cash to to pick up some they're basically poker chips for um effects in D and they had some like artwork on one side but when he flipped it over it actually said what the effect was so i thought that was quite cool um oh, but nice. I, yeah i will um a big shout out to the viking reenactors who uh were camped out on that little grass area in front of the nec uh who uh were under canvas in their authentic clothing in the middle of a british summertime bank holiday thunderstorm um so yeah that was fun for them traditional viking golf umbrellas coming out that that was it i i I never knew gore-tex went back that far but you know (laughs) awesome um yeah i just want to mention just um the last thing because we were about to wrap up is that um amg have announced the battle of yavin uh pack which is going to come out as uh, something that's going to be available for game stores um so we don't quite know what's going to be in it but it's um it limits the the pilots and it's like got pre-styled upgrades and slots and stuff like that that you can have um so it's like you know x-wings y-wings um against tie fighters and basically that's it um, so um on x1s as well i suppose but only one x1 probably because you know vader um but yeah so that should be hitting game stores fairly soon um we also have the mini stravaganza coming up um i think it starts this week um which is where amg just do um basically all day streams um in their time zone so they start at about three o'clock uk time um and run until kind of nine ten o'clock at night just depending um so um there are some x-wing streams planned to play streams but um hopefully we'll see some spoilers about future content that they're planning to do um everybody's got their fingers crossed for their particular favorite ship from the lower slash cannon that hasn't been in yet uh more ray wings with, ray with three force in an x-wing oh, wedge more in a, wings wedge <laughs> in a wedge wedge gunner for uh for the falcon um, those are the resistance, please. Um, I'm still maybe... upset that the resistance Y wings are exactly the same. Yeah. <sighs> Sad for... do, do you mean the Z95 you're talking about? Oh, they're crap as well. You know, I played against one of them. They are enormous, and I played no. one against one a couple of times um, over the last uh, week or so. Um, and they're not bad, but the model should have just been about, you know, a third of the size. Um, I'm just so, and I've said it a few times, I'm so disappointed that they're just exactly the same. Yeah. 
just I just wanted out. something like like a different dial or like more defense or something. I mean, it's a bigger model. It must have more defense. <laughs> it's bigger. It must have more hull. It's the same size as an arc. It should have at least eight hull. Yeah, sadly. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's well, the size of the Reaper, isn't it? As well, it's just like it's, it's massive. The Reaper, the Reaper carrier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's this got? Oh, it's got two, two, two shields, two hull, <laughs> and a missile slot. Oh, grand. But okay. like the model's really nice. I've seen it. it looks nice. Yeah. Just I don't know. I was disappointed. It's it, it's firmly on my list of I, I ain't buying that. Nope. And if I ever did want to put one in a, in a list, I would borrow the stuff and use a smaller model instead. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It should be on a medium base, and it should be bigger, and it should be have more health and more stuff. It shouldn't. There, there, there's uh, it's FFG's final balls up, I think. What was the mistake they made in the article? Well, they made the mistake actually nine months before the article. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, we're going to start wrapping it up. So I'm going to do go around the houses because uh, Martin, I'm guessing you've got a few shout outs that you want to do. Um, yeah, I'll do a few. I'll um, definitely shout out to uh, Chris um, Mitchell for it. As mentioned earlier, such a smooth running event. It was absolutely fantastic. And his judging team, um, like Craig and Sean, I apologise for how many uh, manoeuvre and arc checks I had to make you do to uh, <laughs> see whether I had bullseye for crack shot and things. But you were very patient. Uh, that was, yeah, much appreciated. Um, big, big shout out to uh, Louis Long for his... Um, uh, objective counters. I don't know if any of you guys played. Oh, yeah. they were amazing. Yeah. I got them first round. I was so happy. Where Louis had made um, a set of five um, uh, the objective counters, but they were like on one millimeter metal. So um, when you're flying seven ties and you were worried about going over <laughs> objectives, you just didn't notice them on the table. They were they were absolutely great. So. Um, big shout out for him to, for doing that and most people should have been able to walk away from the tournament with, with a set because he he'd had so many um and also uh yeah shout out to all the uh to the rest of the 186 guys and uh well done for lee ben and ed for making the cut and uh and i said earlier with an, an amazing game against ben in the top four and you're welcome <laughs> on behalf of Ben's everywhere <laughs> I'm claiming some of the, the glory <laughs> did you know that I am Ben and Ben got top four in worlds in 2017 <laughs> <laughs> um, cool have you any shout outs you wanted to do Ben uh, yeah similar, similar to everyone who worked the event but I just wanted to also shout out everyone who was there who, you know, who haven't seen for so long. And also the, the people who maybe they're not, they're not enjoying the new edition, which is fine, but there's people who come over just to say hello still, which was nice. Um, and also a shout out to Ian and uh, Chris Burnett for our team in the fam event, because we're into the final now and I didn't even have to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well, I mean, in the cut, I, I have played other games. <laughs> cool. All right, Tim, have you any shout-outs you wanted to do? I mean, I've covered most of them through the show, but uh, one thing I just want to touch on briefly was 
Uh, Ollie Potnell did a uh, post-event stream last night, and it has been uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you get if you haven't seen it, go and jump on YouTube and look for Ollie underscore one eight six or on Twitch. And it's actually the sort of the back half of it, which is sort of more talking about um, sort of going out there and actually trying the game and playing the game um, about how two point six as such is an improvement on two point five, and you know there are other players now who are slowly sort of trying it out and like tom is going to come on next week and have a chat about it um and is sort of an example of that but equally um just try and get people like encourage people to come down to club nights and like certainly we found as the sift takers is that although it started off small you know we, we some nights we're getting six eight ten twelve people you know it's it is slowly growing we're picking up new players um, we must have had what picked up about four new players in the last month or two. It's more than that. I think it's about seven or eight. That. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's there's between eight and ten people coming down to the club on a regular basis, and there's only normally three or four people that were playing a year ago in that group. Yeah, um, so uh, it's 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 not right. it's not two point uh, It just treats it as a, it's a new game with new challenges, new way of playing, and. Um, Sort of, you know, it's it's the same people playing the game. You know, the same people that we've we've enjoyed playing, you know, with over the years. So um, it'd be nice to see sort of see that sort of grassroots gaming growing again. Be it you know club nights and you know the local one dayers, and then that's how we can build that you know that organised play scene back up. You know, looking at you know regionals, looking at you know big uh, big independent events. So then hopefully we get the know sort of the premier level organized play will be coming back you know in the next year or so because it does take a while you know following the pandemic and everything uh, there's a lot of risk involved in booking these big venues um so we just need to sort of look after what we can which is the sort of the local scene and then hope that obviously if we can sort of show that you know there's appetite there that you know we'll, we'll start to see more sort of you know sort of premier level stuff because yeah, I, mean, no, I mean, that's how but, I. But, sorry, I was just say that's how I feel after this weekend. Is when's the next event? And I, I don't just mean Hanover. I mean like when's the next UK one? And you sort of think, oh, it's probably not till next year now. Exactly yeah. that. It was. It was so good just being back in the room and seeing everyone and like catching up and just being able to play the game again and uh, in in person. It was. It was absolutely fantastic. And uh, like you say, when when's the next one? Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I've been excited talking to, to Dom about the same thing today. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to go. I didn't even get to go, and I've. I missed out on the Sith Taker Open because I was running it. You know, myself and Tim don't don't get to play that one. Um, and then you know the the UK Nationals happened at a just a time when I just wasn't able to go. So I'm like, right, once I get this family holiday out of the way, um, then um, I can I can start putting money aside and i'll be able to start attending these events and uh just please just let us have another one so that it happens oh on on that um i've found uh we're gonna get some prizes for the sith taker open for the next one uh from galaxy's edge um so we've been we've been browsing and we've identified some things that we're going to pick up so um gonna probably be a trophy that we're going to pick up from there that you can only get um on site you can't buy online uh, so that'll be something that's worth winning. And we're also going to get some copies of the Sabak game as well that we're going to give away at, at some point, probably the top four or something like that as well. So stuff that you can only buy when you're actually in Florida. Um, 
is going to be up for grabs at the Sith Ticker Open in February. So early spoilers. There we go. Oh, another spoiler. It's in February. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not been published yet. Whoops. <laughs> so, I thought we'd said about it, haven't we? Uh, we've we've kind of said that we're definitely running one around about the same time next year, but we have booked a weekend. But um, it's not all confirmed yet. As soon as it is, we'll get tickets up for sale. But we're definitely getting to the point in the year where we can start to to, to actively um, run the event um, and start getting tickets up and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's coming, it's coming, and maybe Martin will come up for this one. I don't yes, know. I've... Is, is been, it big enough for you? Is it big enough I've, for you? <laughs> I've, I've been hoping to try and get up to one one of uh, your events, but I always haven't been able to make it. So uh, yeah, um, I'll have to see. Try and try and do it in th- this time. It's the back end of February. It's probably the as close as I can give you to a, a confirmed date without putting an actual number on it. Um, so yeah, back end of February, um, and we'll be putting tickets up for sale in the next couple of months. I would think once we just top and tail some things with Element Games as well. So yeah, awesome. Um, I don't have any shout outs really because I didn't get to go to the event, so I'm sad. Real fear of missing out on the next one. So hoping to get to go um, at some point um, early next year, hopefully to a, to a big in person game. Um, so um, all that said, thank you very much for joining us, and goodbye from Martin. Bye. Uh, goodbye from Ben. Toodles. Uh, goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Let's do-